Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. It's time for another Vegas Nation podcast. You're listening to the Raiders postgame edition. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vegas Nation postgame edition podcast here. It's your host, Heidi Fang, and I'm joined with our Review Journal sports columnist, Sam Gordon. Right now, it's time to break down the Raiders win 32-23, to the final score at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders getting their first win of the season over the Denver Broncos. Before we get into it, I want to remind everybody to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And also, we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. We're also presented to you by Blue. Blue Wire podcast and liquid death. All right, Sam, here we are. 32-23, the Raiders take home a win. Josh Jacobs has a career game. First of all, what were your initial impressions just of how this team rallied together for this win? Uh, well, Heidi, first and foremost, appreciate you having me on the program. Uh, it was There was no doubt about it, right? This is a must-win game. Um, I even thought the week three game against Tennessee was must win to a certain degree, given what the Raiders, you know, just kind of what they wanted to do when you, when you go out and make the moves they made in the off season, you clearly have ambitions and high hopes. Right. And, and we know the statistics are against um, teams making the playoffs if they start out 0 three. So I thought week three was big enough, but week four, obviously against the Broncos, that was do or die um, in my opinion. And I felt like um, they, they responded. They, they answered the call um, in pretty much any single, every single way, um, you can think of, right? Uh, like you said, Josh Jacobs was excellent, you know, with the 28 carries, 144 yards and two scores. It felt like for the first time uh, this season, you know, there, there was some semblance of a running game that was reliable and part of the game throughout the course of the game. And I thought you kind of saw that pay dividends down the stretch. Um, defensively, uh, the Raiders played as well as I thought they played all season. Now the first half, um, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means, but in the third quarter, it's, I mean, they allowed 11 yards, uh, Denver or seven yards, actually Denver ran 11 plays for seven yards. So defensively they answered the bell. And then when they had to uh, clinch the game with a game winning drive late in the fourth quarter, right after Denver comes back and scores and makes things interesting, really impressed with they, the way that they responded uh, down the stretch, you know, with the scoring their touchdown, I believe it was a 10 play 75 yard drive to ice the game. So all things that, you know, all trademarks, hallmarks of, of what good teams do. Now, am I ready to say the Raiders are a good team after the way they started the season? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to go there yet. But we saw the potential of what they can be uh, if 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 they can, you know, execute and play like this every week. Of course, that's hard to do. Um, that's not realistic to, to do that every single week, per se, as we've seen through the first three games. But in week four, when they had to have it, they, they played their best game of the year. And I'm, I was super impressed with how they executed uh, on both sides of the ball down the stretch. Yeah. Some of the things I think a lot of fans have been concerned about are a couple of things. First, getting the run going. Secondly, yeah. getting the ball to Devontae Adams. Thirdly, the conversions in the red zone. Now, there was still a lot of field goals there tonight. So when you look at some of those drives, let's start with like, you know, the first one here where uh, they, they come down the field, they're already behind. All they can put up in the first quarter is that field goal from Daniel Carlson what would what what would help the Raiders here in some of these instances to convert some of these three points to seven yeah that is a that that's the million dollar question right (laughs) I think that's the one that Josh McDaniels is still trying to figure out because as well as I thought the Raiders played overall they still were only two of five um in the red zone and had to had to settle for field goals um far too often there was I think one sequence there like you said on the opening you know the opening drive too Heidi uh where they have to settle for three but there was a sequence there I think in the third quarter yeah where where first and goal from the one you know winded up being 
three points. So I, I don't know if it's if it's, it's something as simple as just saying execute better, you know, down in that part of the, the field. Um, I think that the Raiders are trying to execute better. I think it's they haven't had success for whatever reason. I don't you know, we can sit here and point to the play calling. But, you know, you, you look at the I mean, they've had opportunities. They don't call plays thinking that they're going to fail or hoping that they're going to fail. So it's really hard to pinpoint. But what you want to do, you want to have the option of a running game um, when you're in the red zone, right? And I think that even though it didn't necessarily translate in this particular game to the red zone efficiency, I think the Raiders have to be encouraged by the fact that they got more than 200 yards rushing, um, that Josh Jacobs had perhaps his best game uh, in the NFL. And, you know, that the, the offensive line, Heidi, the much maligned offensive line throughout the course of the game, um, played pretty well, kept Derek Carr clean. He was only sacked twice, and anytime you can block well enough to, to generate more than 200 yards of rushing offense, you, you did your job. So as far as what the ex- specific issues are in the red zone, I'm I'm like Josh McDaniels. I'm trying to figure that out as well. But in terms of what I saw today, I think there are encouraging signs for the Raiders overall in the way that they play today that may suggest that down the road they can have a little bit more success in the red zone. Am I making sense with that? Absolutely. You are. And on top of all of that, you talked about the offensive line there. And I think that's an important point to talk about right now, because you have uh, when Andre James's return, uh, the center of that line felt very solidified. The ability to run became a lot easier, I think, for this team with Andre James back in the fold. But overall, when you see a guy like Alex Barr stepping up for his second game as a starter with this team, and then you have as well um, Dylan Parham and, and Thayer Munford's stepping up and and taking on different roles on the offensive line. Uh, what have you made of some of these guys coming in, stepping up, and especially, I think, Dylan Parham after he moved from playing center now to guard? Yeah, um, it, it feels like finally, Heidi, the Raiders figured out something that worked on, on the offensive line, that worked, that, that maybe, they, maybe this is something they go back to. As we know, um, there's been four different offensive line combinations to start all four games. There's been rotations, you know, throughout the course of games, you know, even in games as they're happening in real time. And and to your point, maybe it felt like down the stretch, you know, towards the end of the game that there's a a unit that Josh McDaniels finally felt comfortable with, that there's a unit um, that that they're going to be able uh, to lean on down the stretch and, or, and, and then moving forward that they did lean on down the stretch and moving forward. So, uh, I think, again, for, for the Raiders, that has to be pretty encouraging. You get you got more than 200 yards rushing, um, no turnovers today. Uh, and, and you know, not Derek Carr's best game um, by any stretch, but they kept him clean when they had to. And he made throws um, when he had to. There was a big conversion on second and 13, Heidi. That's no easy um, – that's, that's, that's not easy to do in this league. It doesn't matter who you are. And then, they, you know, you talk about going to Devontae Adams. Carr goes to Devontae Adams. Uh, in a had-to-have-it money situation. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, again, credit the offensive line for executing when they absolutely have to. So I, I have to think moving forward, right? And if if you have the continuity up front and you're able to run the ball like this with this particular group, with the group that finished the game, that that would be the group that you're going to emphasize moving forward and try and develop additional continuity with. So not, you know, your conventional way of getting things figured out on mm-hmm. the offensive line, but but maybe, Heidi, finally, Maybe after four weeks, the Raiders have a combination, a five-man unit that they like and they want to go to moving forward. And we also heard from, as you as mentioned earlier, Josh Jacobs, who had the big game. Josh McDaniels actually spoke about the type of runner that he is. So right now, before we head to break, let's play that clip. When we come back, we'll continue breaking down the Raiders' 32-23 to 23 win over the Denver Broncos. 
he's one of the best runners that I've ever been around, you know, and, and again, um, take that for what it's worth. Uh, you know, I, I've been around some good ones and, um, and he's, he's just, he has a great ability to make yards after contact. He has a great ability to make yards. Um, you know, uh, even if there's not a whole lot there right away, he, he, he bounces the ball. And sometimes when a, as a coach, when a guy bounces the ball, you say, no, 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 no. But usually his turnout. Okay. Um, makes good decisions and he's taking care of the football, you know? And so obviously that's an important part of this. They were trying to strip at it and punch at it tonight. They do a great job of creating fumbles. We talked about that all week. Um, I was really proud of our team that we didn't have any on the ground. And uh, obviously JJ with as much as he touched it, he did a good job. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. The next time you're in a company meeting and see one of your co-workers cracking open a refreshing can that appears to be a tall boy and it's in your 9 a.m. meeting, you're thinking, is that a beer? It's most likely not. It's a new mountain spring water brand called Liquid Death. Well, not only is it going to quench your thirst, but it's also going to bring a death to plastic bottles. The donations of 10% of the profits from every can sold will help kill plastic pollution. Their aluminum cans are infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator. Welcome back to the Post Game Edition podcast here. Vegas Nation, Sam Gordon, Heidi Fang, breaking the game down for you. Raiders win 32-23 over Denver, the final score at Allegiant Stadium. Felt good to get a win. Sam, you know what? I had to bring this up before we yeah. get any deeper into the game. How many orange jerseys did you see in the crowd today <laughs> at Allegiant Stadium? Oh, quite a few, Heidi, quite a few. It probably <laughs> felt like, I mean, what would you say, right? Like a 60-40 split maybe in favor of Broncos? I was even leaning 70. Yeah. 70 it yeah, felt no, pretty it, heavy. It certainly did. And uh, there was noise throughout the game. I mean, it was loud. Whoever had the ball, the, the other team's fan base uh, was trying to make noise and deter the offense from, you know, trying to do their job, right? So it made for what I thought was a super, um, I guess, fun environment um, at Allegiant Stadium today. As we know, we you know, you don't always have that, right? It's not... The, the level of energy that I think was there in the stadium. And of course that has a lot to do with how competitive the game was, um, but it was high. It was high throughout the course of the four quarters. And I think, you know, Raiders fans don't ever want to see their stadium overtaken with, with opposing fans, but that's going to be par for, it's been par for the course up to this point, you know, for the most part. And today was definitely an extreme uh, example of that where the Broncos were uh, Broncos country, as Russell Wilson likes to say, um, showed out and represented for the Broncos. Yeah, it came out strong. Uh, Broncos again, putting up points on the board with Russell Wilson, but Max Crosby was able to get to the quarterback a couple of times, Sam, what do you continue to make of Max Crosby as a football player on this team? Oh, geez, Heidi, he was incredible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. one of the best defensive players, I mean, evolved in the last, I would say, you know, of course, since he came into the league, but really the last year, plus into one of the best, you know, most disruptive all-around defensive players um, in the NFL. Two sacks today, four tackles for loss. He hits the quarterback an additional two times. And really, I thought, um, was key with the the, the, the Broncos. Let's be, let's be frank, Heidi. The Broncos have struggled offensively, right? Yeah. Up to this point in the season. The offense that you thought you may have with Russell Wilson hadn't clicked yet until the first half today. And you finally saw 
some of that explosive playmaking potential. You saw Russell Wilson move around a little bit and get start to get comfortable. I believe he completed 11 of his first 12 passes. Heidi, a pass rating of 158 um, in the first half and, and had Denver moving, moving the ball up and down the field. And in the third quarter, Heidi, I just thought, you know, going back to Max Crosby, he and the Raiders pass rush really took the game over um, and dominated the, the, the entire quarter. Uh, I mean, the the pressure that they were able to generate, the penalties that they were forcing um, Denver, you know, just even some of the play calls, you, you got the sense that Denver was a little tight about passing on first downs because they were worried about the Raiders pass rush. And they had three really uninspired drives back to back to back in part because of how dominant um, the Raiders you know, up front was uh, getting after Russell Wilson. So that uh, I think they played as well um, as they have in that second half. Of course, you have that one touchdown drive from Denver, but in that second half, Heidi, as well as they've played defense all year at any point, uh, and and the pass rush. I think going back to Max Crosby, the pass rush, what, what he was able to do. Uh, I think was crucial in kind of turning that game and tilting it towards the Raiders' favor in the second half. Here's something I was surprised by. You talked about Russell Wilson, the way he runs, the way he gets out of the pocket. Derek Carr today, seven runs, seven attempts rather, 40 yards of his own. Uh, what, what were your thoughts watching Derek Carr scramble out of the pocket and use his legs? Uh, uh, Heidi, that was huge. You can't, you can't yeah. emphasize enough how important those runs were in the context of the game, right? And when I look at the stats, right, seven carries for 40 yards, two of those were kneel downs. So you're really looking at five carries for 42 yards, including a 20-yard um, sprint, right, that, you know, one probably one of the longest runs of, of Derek Carr's career. Uh, it's it's a dynamic – it's an element, I think, the way football is played um, now, right, just with how spread the offenses are and how much field there is and, and the match, the kind of matchups you're trying to create. I think it's important for your quarterback – in 2020 to be able to, or 2022 to be able to break the pocket a little bit, make some things happen. And we've seen Derek Carr do this at times in the past. And we've also seen him prefer to stay in the pocket. And then of course is when he's at his best, but being able to go off script, I think is a, is a crucial element for every quarterback to be able to have nowadays. Uh, and we saw Derek Carr do that several times. So yeah, his 40 yards definitely go, bolster the total, you know, the 212 yards that the Raiders had that definitely crucial uh, in doing that, and I thought a number of the runs that he had were in key times, key junctures, right? When you know, per, yeah. per, you know, if there was a, a couple third down situations where he's making something happen and extending drives, and really, when you kind of take a look at, at at the big picture of the game, again, Raiders thirty eight carries, thirty eight attempts, really more like thirty six when you factor in the kneel downs, but it helped the Raiders possess the ball, Heidi, for nearly ten more minutes than the Broncos, and I thought it was really crucial and effective in wearing them down. In the fourth quarter, you know, like we talked about, when the Raiders absolutely had to have a drive to put it together, 10 plays, 75 yards, and seven of those plays are called runs, um, and one of those is scrambled by Carr. So being able to, to keep the chains moving and, and Carr using his legs to be able to keep the chains moving and being a part of that running game, again, crucial part of the Raiders um, beating the Broncos. And, and you have to wonder, right, of course, every game, every situation is different. But will this be something that, you know, he's a little bit more willing to do moving forward after seeing the success that he had today running the ball against the Broncos? Yeah, it's interesting. In a day where he didn't throw a touchdown, though, you know, the, the receivers still had like Devontae Adams, 100-yard game, solid numbers there. Matt Collins, who had a big game the uh, week before, actually only ended up with 33 yards. But Matt Collins with a huge special teams play that put the Broncos back, I believe, uh, right, it backed up against their end zone. So when you think about just, you know, what Matt Collins contributes to this team as well and special teams, like how important is he as a player to have? 
Oh, geez. Heidi, I think um, we saw what he's capable of as a receiver going going over 150 yards. But Matt yeah. Allen's a guy who, who made his money up to this point by being a special teamer and by doing the dirty work. And it's not, you know, not glamorous. It's not as glamorous as catching 150 yards and the you know potential game tying touchdown the way he did last week. Uh, but this is a guy who's from the moment he's he got here is bought into what his whatever his role is. Sometimes that's having a big role in the passing game. Sometimes it's being a specialist in, in special teams. Uh, and when you go back to that punt, uh, punting the Broncos down to the one, they started their first drive. Heidi, first, you know, first and 10 from their own one yard line and gain one yard. And as a result, on the ensuing possession, the Raiders are able to get a field goal. And that's what made it a two score game. That field goal puts them up 25 16 and provides enough cushion for them to go out and execute the way they did. Uh, down the stretch. So it's not always going to be statistical, you know, accomplishments. It's on Sunday or today. Uh, it was him, you know, jumping in the end zone and deflecting that ball. Um, you mentioned Devontae Adams. I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up his contributions today with the nine catches, the 101 yards. Uh, he was fantastic as well. And and there was clearly, right, anytime you have Devontae Adams, um, he should be a focal part of your game plan. And clearly today I thought he was. A couple of nice back shoulder uh, connections with him and Derek Carr. And then on, I believe it was the second and 13, Heidi, on the drive that the Raiders scored their final touchdown late in the fourth quarter ball, that car threw a little bit behind Devontae Adams. And that's where you see, you know, the best receiver or arguably the best receiver in the league being just that plucks the ball from behind him is able to turn it up field, drag a couple would be tacklers with him, and get 17 yards on a second long situation. So uh, when the money was on the table, Devontae Adams was fantastic. And again, Matt Collins was too um, in his own right, contributing as contributing as a special teamer. So I will continue to maintain that there is more than enough um, firepower, more than enough talent on the perimeter in terms of playmakers for Derek Carr, for this offense to be really, really good. We saw them score 32 points today. Uh, that, you know, we hadn't seen this kind of uh, firepower. And I'm not even, when you talk about firepower, you, you can't even really say that word because the passing game wasn't there. We just haven't seen this kind of production right. and efficiency in terms of no turnovers, almost 400 yards total, uh, and, and, you know, 212 rushing yards. So this is a kind of, you know, yardage totals even more that, 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 that I thought the Raiders would have um, this year. So, so you're, I think you might start to see a little bit more of the balance um, that from the Raiders moving forward now that they've kind of tapped into this, you know, the running game and, and know that they have um, receivers all over the field to complement that. Great stuff there, Sam. Lastly, Amik Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, coming out with that fumble recovery, scoring a touchdown, 60-plus yards there. He goes into the end zone for the Raiders. Big defensive touchdown for the team. How impressed are you with Amik Robertson? Just because, like, I think I'm going to not – I'm going to be completely honest right here. I, at one point in training camp, did not think he would make the 53-man roster. And I, I have to retract my statement and assessment. <laughs> you know, obviously, he's – He's been a ball player. He's been in there. What have been your thoughts and what did you think about Amik Robertson's performance today? Well, um, well, Heidi, we knew the Raiders secondary was depleted. Okay. We, we understood that there was injuries on this in, in the secondary and that requires somebody to answer the call. And uh, Amik Robertson, right. Um, 60, what was, what was the official yardage total? 67 yards, something 67 yards scoop and score. He, he was opportunistic today. Um, he was able to house, uh, a fumble and then if 68, look, sorry, I had to look it up. Six, six, four, <laughs> so 68 yards. We'll see what happens, Heidi. We'll see how the trajectory of the Raiders season changes. If it changes, of course, they, they have a very tough game uh, next week going into Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, we see what the Chiefs have done tonight. Uh, still three minutes left in that game, and they've already hung 41 points on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had the best defense in the NFL prior to week four. 
Um, so we'll see how, how it plays out. But if the trajectory of the season does change, you can point to that fumble recovery touchdown that Amik Robertson had as, a, I think, a turning point because Denver was moving the ball efficiently on that particular drive. He comes in with that play. Um, and I just really – I thought there was an element of toughness that he brought, Heidi. Um, Jerry Judy, I think, in the first half, caught a fade pattern um, down the right sideline and motion. You know, Amik Robertson's 5'8". It's not big for a corner. And, and Judy kind of motioned that he's too little. And uh, I thought from that point forward, not only was he not too little, but he played like one of the biggest guys on the field with, with his play, with his toughness, with the attitude that he brought defensively. Um, only, you know, three tackles, but not a guy that's afraid to go mix it up, as we saw with the fumble return touchdown. Um, and he, you know, I don't know how many game balls Josh McDaniels gave away. You would think Josh Jacobs would get the first, but I think Amik Robertson um, would have to get the second or third, along with Max Crosby. Those guys were both fantastic uh, and that, of course, at, up to this point is a signature play of, of Robertson's career and maybe the play that saved the Raiders season. And we'll keep you up to date with everything happening with the Raiders. Uh, they head into Arrowhead Stadium next week, Monday night football. So they'll have a, a few extra days here to prepare. We'll keep you up to date through all of it with the week as it transpires. So everybody pick up the paper as well, because you can get Sam's latest in there, as well as at Graney, Adam Hill, Vinny Bonsignor, all of our great staff that puts out the articles. We'll have all of those details for you out there. So make sure to pick one up, as well as checking out everything that we do online and with our app, Vegas Nation. Thank you everyone so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.